Welcome to the Outdoor Panel Podcast, where we talk about chasing critters, catching fish, of course, hunting and fishing stories, and a lot of BS. There's like a beast. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's a nice eye. Yeah. That was a fast one. Holy cow. Welcome to this week's episode of the Outdoor Panel Podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about Bud heading down to the hills of southwestern Wisconsin, joining up with myself, Eric, in the hills. And we had a lot of good encounters over that pre-rut stretch. Um, (laughs) We're inches, yards, whatever you want to call it, away from having shots fired. But uh, you guys are going to just have to listen to the rest of the podcast to uh, see what happened. Um, let's get into it. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, we can transition into Bud coming down. Uh, yeah, we did see deer, though. That was a good start. Good start. Um, then, uh, well, did we go out the next day or did we scout? I don't remember. No, you, you kept making me walk. Kept making me walk. I, I, I kept him making walking without sticks, though. Well, no, we walked, we walked back down, and you're like, well, we didn't find anything. So we walked back up that hill. Oh, yeah, we did some scouting. And then the next morning. Yeah, we can just jump to the next morning. I guess that's our next, next point of action in the season. Yeah, and that's the where we split up. Yeah, we split up. I don't up. remember where you went, but I went up to, across the creek up Fuck Hill. and uh, That wasn't Big Fuck Hill. Not, no, I didn't say that Big Fuck Hill. That, that was the Apple Thicket. That's the Apple Thicket. Apple Thicket, stuff. whatever. Yeah. Then I got attacked by a couple of raccoons mm-hmm. halfway up, and then pretty soon these does are busting me. And then pretty soon I look behind me, and there's just four corn coming up behind me, and Put you on deer. Thought he was gonna freaking stab me or something like that. I'm like, I'm just worried about. Did you getting... get an arrow knocked? Well, I had my knife. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it was before daylight. I got to make sure it's self defense at that point. I can't shoot him. It's got to be self defense. I got to knife him. I mean, he was getting close. How far was he? Well, at that point, he was probably like 10 yards. Oh, really? Yeah. That was pretty close. That was good. So I got this fork coming up and I'm worried about him. Finally, it blew him off. Finally, I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, finally get up this hill. What time is this? Well, this is still like 5.30 in the morning. Oh, okay. It's dark. Yeah. I dropped you off early, yeah. Yeah. This is all by done by headlight. <laughs> Jeez, you had an active. It was a very active early, early morning. <laughs> Finally, shoo all these deer out. I'm trying to figure out where Eric wants me to go. Hike up the hill. Straight up the hill, man. I, to the I, top of the ridge. I, I, and that's what I did, but then I went up the wrong point. Ended up walking down where I was supposed to be shooting, but whatever. <laughs> Typical bud setup. Yep, typical bud setup, but whatever. I'm going to make the best out of it. There's always hope. I mean, 
We're in rotation. Always hope in the hills. There's always hope. Because I just need the I just need the deer come from the other direction, and I'm fine. Not necessarily a deer in that time of year. They're a little bit more forgiving. Exactly. And I asked Eric, I'm like, you want me to go to the backside of this? He's like, nope. Don't go to the backside of this. All right. I'll set up on the front side. So I set up on the front side. And I'm sitting there. I hear a lot I hear a lot of scratching going around. Then I find out they're turkeys. That oh, there's fun. a lot of turkeys in there. Yeah. I gotta go do some damage control in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Go climb that hill and go. I heard kill them, those, I them. heard them late are yeah. right here too. Go shoot those turkeys. Then I got to go about eight thirty and then I get a phone call from Eric. First thing comes across my mind. Motherfucker. <laughs> Yep, got the call from Eric. Stuck one. <sighs> yep, I so, guess I. We'll put that part two. Well, I can continue. Well, no, I gotta finish my story. Oh, you got more? Okay. I gotta finish my story about my hunt. Okay. So I told Eric, I'm like, just get out. You know, you didn't see it fall. Come pick me up. We'll go take care of it. I'm like, I gotta go check these other. I gotta go check the ridge top to see if there's scrapes here. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So I finished. I I hunted another hour. Get out of my stand. Go walk this ridge top. Go over to that bedding area where uh, I asked Eric if I should set up. Yep. Pick up a deer. Did you? Yeah. Told you that. Lone freaking deer. Right in the spot where I want to set up. But Eric told me not to set up there. Should have set up there. I should have set up there. Don't trust your guide. I'm just a reference point. Semi-guided. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I wanted to freaking kick him in the nuts. He calls me and tells me he sticks one and then... I go to the spot where he told me not to set up, and there was a buck bedded there. Well, you probably should have sat there. I probably should have sat there. It's just like Zeb guided me the other day, and he's like, you should set up here. Like, the the deer aren't setting up the way you're thinking. They're setting up a little bit different. So I had to take a little bit of my own experience into my own hands. Yeah. So if I had to take anything out of that hunt... Don't trust what guys so, tell you. Okay, Maybe. I, I got some questions for you because I, I didn't know this. Or I didn't remember this because I was so focused on my deer at the time. So, they were on the uh, B-South facing slope? Is that correct? I don't know which way is that. Which was, which was the big facing slope? Okay, so you have the apple tree, right? On yeah. top of the ridge. Was it on this side? It was on the opposite side. That's weird. Because we had a south wind. I thought they'd be bedded on the... Yeah, but there was like no wind. <laughs> yeah, that is true. The entire trip. Yeah, back. the entire... Just for the record, when Bud goes down by Eric, there is never good weather. Either it's going to be 90 degrees, or it's going to be minus 20, or it's going to be no wind. Yep. Yep. My entire trip this year, no wind. We had no wind. There was no thermal tunnel. 
Yep. Not at all. So it's the so deer, he was deer, using more of edge type bedding, I think. Yeah. Because that back the backside has a lot more thicker yep. cover. Yep. You're right. And that's where it was bedded. Gotcha. Well, learn something. That was a takeaway. Yeah, that was my takeaway. <laughs> Burned. Yep. So then I hustled my butt back down the hill. And then... You're lucky it's not a big hill, the, though. The guy, guy shoots a freaking deer at like 8.30. So I'm thinking, well, he's not that far away. He'll be there on about 9.30. I didn't start hustling my butt out till like 9.30. I get down there at like 10. I still had to wait a half an hour for him to get there. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of a drive. I had a little bit of a walk. Yeah, you probably stopped at Quick Trip for a pizza. No, I didn't stop at Quick Trip. I wish I would have. I wish I just would have left you. But anyway, <laughs> any more to your story? No, that was about the extent of my story. Is that the fact that well, after, I, after daylight, you know, well, I, I did have that other buck cruise below my stand once I got set up. So they were rocking and rolling in there then. Yeah, they were. But nothing during I could actually shoot them. Gotcha. I think they would have been rocking and rolling most of the day in there, though. That's a good spot right there. I think that's another spot that just learning to hunt more and more. Um, I guess if you're going to leave off where I'm going to pick you up, I'll start my story. Yeah, so I dropped Bud off in the morning, and he did his hunt. Probably should have set up a little bit different. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Don't listen to your guide. It's semi-guided. I was a, that was the one time we didn't sit together either. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so I got to my spot. It's a spot where I've had experience before. It's a spot where I shot 140, 40 or so inch class buck. Um, I was the first one there in that lot that, that morning. And um, it's basically, it's a spot that's nothing fancy. It's just thick. It's thicker, thicker than I'll get out. So I Once you get back. Yeah, once you get back a little bit, which isn't very far back for me, but it is farther back for other people that I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, so went up the hill, uh, got along this thick edge. It's like a thick edge with two track, but it's so thick back there in that spot. The only way for the deer to travel is through the trails that they have already made, because um, otherwise they can't get through it. And... I've just noticed deer travel the high side instead of the low side of the ridge. Um, during this time of year, they stay along the thicket. And, uh, yeah, I, I went in blind. Couldn't read any sign because it was dark. Just went in with a headlamp. And I, I've had a tree picked out from just my years hunting that spot and set up in the tree set up as high as I could go in that tree just because it's it's a very shallow ridge system there's no cuts or anything that you're really hunting um so you're playing that thermal game like Bud was talking about earlier and uh uh set up and we got to about 7 30 in the morning I see some does moving moving in um that's what typically time they come out of the cornfield and go to the bedding point. Um, when I had uh, another set of does come through. So these two does, one, one of the does had a hot buck on her. 
right on her behind. Um, first, behind. Yeah, he was right on her. Um, got eyes on the buck, and I. it was one of those things. Instant yep. shooter. Yep. Yep, get ready. Um, so what made this tough, the way they were coming towards me, is at first they were straight on with me, pretty much. It was like they were coming right at me. Um, however, um, the doe got to about, uh, maybe 15 yards away from me and the scent went, like you said, that morning was calm. Yeah, it was dead calm. And they forecasted a south. Well, supposedly the wind was blowing northwest. Um, so my wind ended up blowing almost straight towards that door. She was just on the fringes of my scent. And she stopped, like, quick. And another thing, too, is when I was getting in the process of starting to drop my draw my bow a little bit, she did, like, a flinch thing. So she, she must have just, like, subconsciously saw me, even though she didn't. She, like, felt me. Yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it. Six cents. Yeah, yeah. Where she ended up working a little bit north of the ridge, but the buck, he was in zombie mode. He was dumb. Uh, he was thinking about the poutine. Yep. He was just... Everything just stopped for a little bit. Dill wasn't moving. Buck wasn't moving. I was not moving. So we just played the waiting game for two minutes. Finally, you could tell that buck was getting impatient with the doe, where he was like, screw this. I'm going to keep on going after you where he kept on going after her and he finally ended up getting in a shooting lane at 12 yards um, from my stand location. Um, and uh, he ended up working working through, um, made it to a location where I could um, draw and make a shot and uh, ended up pulling back the bow, ended up... Uh, it, I was concerned about the filming too, because I, I only had one uh, camera camera that was gonna work with me, and I was in a saddle, and you know how you have your camera arm to your right hand side. I had to do one of these where I flipped the camera around and kind of guessed where it was aiming, and I was pretty close. Yeah, on, you were you were almost yeah you know like you were spot on for like all your other camera shots yeah I, just off frame yeah. Honestly, in doing it backhanded like that, where you can't see the the uh, display or uh, what's that called? Yeah, display. Yeah, the, the screen. Screen. I was pretty darn close <laughs> for like backhanding it. I was actually pretty impressed with how close I was, and I, I don't think I could have moved it anymore because I think my body would have been in the way, like um, of the camera lens. Um, so we got to twelve yards. I draw back. And I get to a spot where I feel like he's shooting, uh, or where I can put a good shot on him. Um, and he was continuing to walk. To narrate it, Eric is at full draw right now. Yeah, I'm at full draw. <laughs> and did I say that already? I'm at full draw again. Okay. but um, I'm just narrating the fact that you're at full draw right now in my bar. <laughs> to shoot at this deer. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, hey, when I tell stories, I like to get a little animated. 
But anyway, so I'm at full draw. I'm back at full draw again. And uh, this deer is still continuing to walk. And th this is that question. Do you stop him? Don't you stop him? And I... I that, I? that, what do you say, 12 yards? Yeah. I'm not stopping him. I was not stopping him, not only because he was at 12 yards, but that doe was on edge. Yeah. So I was like, I do one of those Merc things, that doe takes off, this buck's taking off. Yeah. Um, so I release an arrow, and as soon as I release the arrow, I'm like, oh, fuck. I knew it was bad. I knew it was bad the first, right when I hit the trigger, I knew it was bad. Um, a lot of things went into why I thought it was bad. Obviously, it was high. It was uh, right of right lungs. It was in the front half of the body, but kind of around the liver area. But the reason... Liver, liver straight up yep. is... Yep. The uh, reason I just didn't feel good about it, I did not put that pin where I wanted to. I went in autopilot mode is what some guys call it where I just wasn't focused. I wasn't in the game. I I wasn't ready to kill that deer. There's no other way to describe it. Um I there's been certain times where I've been ready to kill a deer. This is just a side tangent. There's times where I'm not ready to kill a deer. Um I don't know what it is. Um it's it's a mindset thing. I think this is a whole another podcast. Um, I just want to throw out an example. Last year, um, had an encounter with an awesome buck, and I was not mentally there. I was like, I am gonna kill this deer. Like I wasn't in that mindset. Like I I went on autopilot. Where the opposite weekend, I was like there. I was mentally focused. I was like, I'm gonna kill this deer. I'm gonna stay focused yeah. like where i was not in the right, right mind frame like i i still you, feel, you felt like it was too easy almost almost and i i don't feel like i was focused exactly i, I didn't put the pin where i wanted to you're I, like chip shot let's go yep i didn't i didn't have my i i don't remember put my kisser button or my nose button where i practiced all year it was just it was a dot it was a straight debacle. We'll call it what it is. Um, however, I did not execute the shot. And, uh, yeah, ended up shooting high to the right. Deer took off like a bat out of hell. Um, he got to about 100 yards away. He did a big button hook around. I think, believe he started blowing. I was like, this isn't a good sign. When he's starting to blow. and <sighs> I didn't feel great. Still don't feel great. And, I don't think you ever feel great after you screw up a shot. I think Bug can vouch for that from earlier in the season. And I think those are the shots that motivate us to be better the it, next it, time. It does. Yeah. Um, however. I still work on it. I still can't figure it out. I, I can sit behind my shop at work and I can drill 40-yard, 50-yard shots, whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You can drill them mm -hmm. at a target. Do this, do that, whatever, and you drill them. But I don't know what it is. You put a deer in front of you, and mm -hmm. you know, and like even I was even talking to you about this earlier in the year. It's I only have one bow kill 
mm-hmm. under my belt, mm-hmm. you only have what? Five, four, five? Uh, well, I have more than that. I got probably right around seven. Oh, like total. Wow, wow, way. Ooh. A little bit. <laughs> well, whatever. You haven't hit double digits yet. Not yet. You know, it's. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's it's a circumstance that doesn't come along a lot of yeah. times. And, and, and I, I don't want to sound like fucking a superficial jerk, but like, like I don't, I, I feel different intensity when it's a doe or when it's a small buck. Because I've like drawn down on does and bucks like smaller bucks like just for practice and like i'm just fine then he puts something with a cage in front of me turns into a different animal yeah um i guess we keep on going with the story here yeah um so i think i texted you and i was like fuck it i'm just gonna call him i was trying to be a little quiet still because i knew it wasn't it wasn't an ideal you, situation. And, and you, you did kind of know, like, just looking at a map. Yeah. And seeing where he was headed, you kind of had an idea of a bedding area that he might have been going to. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you knew you were you were already encroaching on that bedding area. Yeah. Yeah. I And I hunt tight to bedding areas, too. So, um, a lot. Um, so, I call Bud. I'm like back right high probably maybe top of liver we're gonna need some luck on this guy but but i still talked i talked you through it Mm -hmm. and i after talking through it i was Mm semi-optimistic even even like looking back at my first time like i was optimistic i was optimistic on your buck yeah because the, the simple fact of... I think you were more optimistic than I was. I, I, I knew. And, and yeah, and I was. Just for the simple fact of my... Especially uh, your buck from... What, three years ago? Four years ago? Yeah, something like that. The one that you actually hit super high that you dropped in its spot. Because mm-hmm. that buck... Same property. You know, literally dropped in its spot... And then got up and ran. Oh, that one. That's different. Yeah. You know, where where this one, you you saw it go in. Mm-hmm. You saw it going high, but the fact that you were so high in the tree and how close it was, mm-hmm. I had optimistic. I and I think like our biggest downfall was the fact you didn't have to pass through. I agree. You know, like when you were explaining the shot to me, and it's like, well, you know, and I even asked you, I'm like, okay, so you say it's back. I'm like, are you, what are you talking back? You're talking guts? Because there, there's there's I, that yeah. there's that center line. Are you talking guts back? Yeah. Or are you talking vitals? Yeah. And you said it was back vitals. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. I'm like, so you, you said back vitals. But you're high, but you never hit the backbone to where it got paralyzed. Yep. You didn't. You didn't shock the spine. Yep. I'm like, all right, you know, and that's that was my optimistic point because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you you could have, 
clip that back lung that swings up, clipped top liver. You could have clipped both. There was a lot of opt. In my mind, being out of your hunt mm-hmm. and trying to like still keep you in it mm-hmm. and not just like totally beating yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess after that, um, got out quietly. I mean, never you have a marginally hit deer, be as quiet as you can, sneak out quietly. I say don't even screw around with finding the arrow. Don't screw around with nothing. No. Just get out. Just get out as quiet as you can. That's what I did. Um, that's part of the reason it took me longer um, than Bud anticipated. I, I was trying to be quiet, to be quite honest, as I could. I, I was taking my time. Um, ended up picking Bud up, so we're like, what's the move now? We're like, uh, let's grab some lunch. Let's look at the footage. Let's go back to the apartment. We're not in a rush. Yeah. Because um, we're, we're hunting. I'll call it semi-local. Because <laughs> yeah. for Eric, local is within an hour and a half. Yeah. That's Eric's local. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, hour and a half because I try and find the best of the best. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's literally like a three-hour round trip. Yeah. I'm not hunting to hunt 120 inch deer. Yeah. I'm trying to, oh, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm trying to hunt a, that next class, 140, 150, 160. So by, by the time he picked me up, by the time we got some lunch, time look at footage, we're already at like four and a half, five hours. Yep. Yeah. And I think that this was another situation. Didn't get the shot on film. But having footage of where the shot was was we, key. We we did see the entrance womb into the deer. Yep. And uh, after looking at it, and it took it took multiple looks at it. Yeah. To like actually like figure it out. Yeah. And I think at this time we were still 50-50. Yeah. Like if we were gonna find the deer or not. Um. And I think another fiasco that went into this, um, in the area we called, I don't know how many dog owners to try and get a tracker lineup for the evening. I don't know. I called a lot of them. Probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight. I don't remember. Yeah, we, we called, we called all the dogs, I'll just call them dogs. Yeah. Within a 60 mile radius. Yeah. Of yours. And yeah. it was like. Everybody you was know, booked up. Deer were falling that, that weekend. Yeah. yeah, that weekend. That was your pre-rut. That was when bucks were on their feet, mm-hmm. starting to fucking, freaking taking down deer. Yep, yep. Um, so um, we eventually were able to get a tracker. Um, a little bit inexperienced tracker, inexperienced dog, but we figured that's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, so we went out tracking. Um, with uh, her and her dog. Um, Which, I'm going to say, was beneficial. It, yeah, it was beneficial. Um, we went up the ridge. It was funny. I, we told her it was going to be thick up there. Um, just a side note, when we came back to the vehicle, she's like, holy crap, it was thick up there. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we went up to the location of the hit. Uh, dog tried to gain a scent. Um, and this was the dog's first year track. And like I said, uh, we got on a, tra- a track that was going all right. It wasn't like, oh my God, she's right on the trail. But she was kind of. She was feeling it out for sure. Yeah. And um, It took a while for her to get on the track of the deer. Yeah. Um, and uh, we tracked that deer for, I believe, like, 250 yards 300 something like that that night well the dog finally got on the track of the deer Mm -hmm. after 100 yards is where we finally found blood yeah yeah and but that makes sense because that's where the deer first stopped and i feel beneficial of the story Mm -hmm. that was a big part of the story yeah as far as how this story plays out that deer found the track, found us first blood. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think if you and me tracking, we would have never found first blood. Yeah, it would have took a while. We wouldn't have been able to see. I don't, I don't even think we would have found blood at all. Yeah. With as long as that track, through the stuff that that dog went through. Yeah. But that dog finally found the I, track. I think we would have the next day just because of how familiar I was. I think I kind of knew that was the direction he was going to go. It was still been a long shot, but but either way, like that dog finally got on the track. And I think after about 100 yards, we finally found first blood. Mm-hmm. And then the dog tracked about another 200 yards. Yep. And then the dog lost. Dog was getting worn out. Right, yep. at that point. Yep. It's a young dog. It doesn't have the calluses on it as an older dog would have. Yeah. Um, so, so, and then we... At that point, we... And then, and I was mar- I was marking blood. Cause it my, wasn't my, terrible my, blood my, either. My whole part through that night was we had the dog tracker out front. And then I was following up doing visual blood tracking. Mm-hmm. And I was staying at the last blood. Yeah. And we were marking blood just trying to get the track. Yep. And then we finally got to a part where... And I, at that point, we were at like 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Dog was worn out. We were worn out. We are like back out, refreshed for the next day. <laughs> um, so we went back to my apartment, continued to look at the shot, just uh <laughs> What you gonna do besides, you know, evaluate the shot more? Um, got crew guys together, um, myself, Bud, Zeb, and uh, Beard. Uh, we went out for a track next morning, and uh, we got to the last blood that we left from that night. And there was one trail I remember. We found the hidden trail. The hidden trail that you couldn't see at night, really. Yep. We totally overlooked that one trail. Yep. We found all right blood. Looked like liver blood, the blood that we were seeing. And Which would totally make sense to where we thought you hit it. Mm-hmm. We, we were figuring high liver. Yep. Like we are literally, the, the amount of time that we backed out from, we're going to find this deer, and it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, to um, keep it going, we actually started doing a little bit of grid search. Just because the lack of blood that we were seeing, 
Um, yeah, we had a we trailed it for like another seventy five yeah. yards. Then, after that point, yeah. Then we ended up going with our gut. We're like, this deer ain't gonna go up a hill. Sort of like we're gonna go down, and we ended up with our gut. Picked a trail and started following it, and Bud found some blood like 150 yards away. 150 yards later, and it wasn't much. No, nope. it wasn't much. But it was blood. It was blood. Um, it was heading down to a creek water source, uh, like Bud was saying. Um, just based off of my experience, they like to cool themselves off, whether whether it is water or like cool area, a cool area, like a cool like coolier. Um, you got some rock that sticks out that cools an area, something like that. I've noticed that's where I've had deer, um, come close to dying in the past. Um, so that's the, the point after, uh, we decided it was getting pretty close to lunchtime. Um, and Beard and Zeb, they helped us out till about 11 o'clock or so. And they're like, yeah, we got to get out and go hunting, which is cool. I mean, they helped us all morning, which yeah. was awesome. I mean, Christ, they 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 made a two-hour drive just to help us out. So, yeah. I mean, that says something about those guys trying to help us out. Um, and thanked them, and um, we did all we could do at that point. And we walked it. We walked it all the way to a private line that we couldn't cross. Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing. Uh, we, we did we, have we, a landowner we, that gave us permission, and Bud found that blood on um, a permission. Uh, Permission property. Yeah, permission property. And we actually drove around, too, to get permission on more ground, and those landowners let us on. Um, so, we're, honestly, we were feeling pretty optimistic after we found that last blood and got both those permissions. Because where we, where we found the very last blood, it was down in a T-section yep. of, like, two properties and one big lawn property. Yep. And we're looking at the the path the path of travel, mm-hmm. and it's like he's going onto the property we don't have permission on, mm-hmm. but he's kind of headed to this other property. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's when Zeb and Beard and all of us bailed out. Yep, and we all bailed out, and you and me talked. It's like let's go get permission to that other property. Yeah. And we got permission, and we tried our darndest to get on blood. Yeah, we, we spent another four, three, four hours. Yeah, we pretty much cashed that day, day in for hunting, too. Yeah. And uh, we came up empty-handed. And we don't know what happened to it. We, we don't know if that deer might have went up the hill on the other side because of the adrenaline pumping trying to find a thick area to go into we don't know if he went on the private that we weren't allowed because how it came how that property laid out was that point that he was traveling came down onto the property that we didn't have permission on he easily could have wrapped around that point he could have done a lot of things you know could have in my in my gut is from from us scouring the properties we had permission on, mm-hmm. I feel he wrapped that point on the, the property that we didn't have permission on. Mm-hmm. That's where he is. Yeah. He could yeah. be. You know, 
That that's how I feel. Yeah. Because you look at that property. I mean, that's that is a honey hole freaking property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell you what, that is a nice a, looking property. Oh, where we couldn't get to. That's a sanctuary. Yeah. It's a big old sanctuary that nobody hunts. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I we couldn't find the deer. It sucked. It was a nice deer. After looking at footage, it's probably a 140-inch deer plus. Um, yeah, I, I guess my takeaways, like learning um, and whatnot, I learned that it still sucks. Not, not executing when the, the moment's right. Um, I learned uh, probably practice from more steep angle shots like that because this is the third deer that I lost that's been a very quality deer on public land that's been a steep angle shot um, under 15 yards Um, something else that I had a concern of going into the year was my broadhead setup. Yep. The reason I was shooting these broadheads is because the broadheads I shot the previous year were not agreeing with these arrows in my bow setup for some reason. And nothing against the broadheads I was shooting. Like, I, I sharpen my broadhead, like, typically sharpen my broadheads. These broadheads are sharp, but they're not. They're not as sharp as I typically can get broadheads. And that's part of the reason I didn't have the penetration I was looking for. Part of the reason, a little bit was a little bit lighter arrow setup. Um, That's still a frustration of mine. It's something, it it was a concern and it came, I'll be quite frank, it came back to bite me in the ass. but at the same time, you can't be shooting arrows that aren't accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I guess, yeah. I just wish I were, I would have been shooting a heavier arrow setup because I guarantee if I get a pass through, I think we're finding that deer. We would have, yeah, the bottom blood trail. Yeah. So this next year, I need to. I mean. That's the thing. You want to shoot heavier, single bevel broadheads. You you gotta spend some money, and I think there is another factor that went into why I didn't spend that money. And part of it was frustrations from my arrow bow broadhead agreement, not not agreeing with each other. And I lost a lot of arrows practicing this year. Yeah. It wasn't from the lack of practice, like this no. year. Uh, I'll be frank, I lost about $500 worth of arrows just because I practice on public public land. I don't have a practice facility. I live out of an apartment. It makes stuff like this very challenging. Um, yeah. Like, especially living out in a rural area. Um, there's not a lot of archery clubs around my area at all. Um, so I, I make best make do with what I have. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I, w- I need to figure out something I'm confident with this bow. 
Um, the broadheads and arrow set up on my old bow, uh, that that's fine, but the it's not agreeing with with my new bow. So I comes down to it, I got to find a better setup for my bow, better arrow setup for my bow. And um, Zeb, he's he's familiar with all a lot more of that stuff than I am, and I think me and him need to spend some quality time and getting that stuff figured out because the damage he's created from his arrow setup has been insane absolutely insane this year he shot a deer in the guts and it went out the back leg that deer didn't go very far it was not a great shot zeb we're not shooting you down but good job (laughs) yeah good job i mean I need to get a setup like that where it's like if you hit the deer, even if it's not in the vitals, it's gonna go down. Shoot it, quick. Shoot it like a rifle. Yeah, I mean, I I need something like that. I I don't want like yeah. There's Ranch Ferry and whatnot who got has his channel and whatnot. Like the more I see it, I, I want to be shooting something a little bit heavier, something like that. Um, like I said, practicing from steep angles. And another thing is continuing to work on a shot process, making sure my anchor points are in a correct location, make sure I'm not pulling the trigger early, making sure like I have pull pull release mindset and well, I think that that's probably your hardest part to train. Yeah. Cause and, and I think with a new bow you, what no, it's like just the whole you can practice at a target and yeah. practice your training as much as you want, but there's a big old rack hanging in front of you. Yeah. When you're going to go shoot an animal, but it's I, so hard. And, and I can tell, like, having a new bow has made a little bit more of a challenge in that process because I'm so comfortable with my old bow. Even though it didn't fit me right, I'm still probably a little bit more comfortable with that bow. You got comfy underwear on, huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> but with that old bow, I'm a little bit more comfortable, even though it doesn't fit me right and all that stuff. Like, I had a process with that bow. Like, my process was pull, pull, release, and it, it did all right for a bow that didn't even fit me. That doesn't fit me. Um, but still, you, you, you said you, you lost your mental game when you saw the rack. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. That's the hardest part to lose. Yeah. Yeah. That comes down to anybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter, like, ranch fair, you're shooting all the hogs or whatever like that. Yeah. You can shoot as many things as you want, but when it comes down to the thing you want to shoot... Yeah. Yeah. Still get you jacked up. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, because I, I get jacked up shooting does, looking at, you know, smaller... But I... The thing I live for is mature, mature whitetails. Like... That's what I live for, and you're put in that moment once a year, maybe twice if you're lucky. And uh, I'm looking forward to just once a year. <laughs> but yeah, I guess those are the thing, things that I learned. I don't want to go too much further on a rant here because this has been quite a rant already. So, so I guess with the rest of the pre-rut, we got on some really, really freaking good sign. Well, yeah, we got into the super saddle. Where I left on Monday. Yeah, you know, where we parked right on next to the road and we just had to walk up a little hill. 
Oh, that. I was talking about that uh, spot where we got on that really huge buck sign where the trail cameras were and we didn't see shit there. Well, yeah, so I kind of... Okay, let's, kind of let's, let's start off at the Super Saddle. Yeah, the Super Saddle. Eric, like, I literally just wanted to leave. Like, I didn't even want to hunt. I just wanted to go home. This was actually Halloween. Right. Because I'm like, I got to get home. I'm like, I got to take my kid trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. Eric's like, no, take your bowl. Let's go. Let's go. So I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. I'm like, I pa- literally packed all my stuff up that morning because I'm leaving right from that spot. Uh-huh. Haul up, you know, I'll call it a little hill for down there. Yeah, it's a little hill. It's a little hill. You know, and we didn't even have to bush brush. It was, it was quite pleasant, actually. Yeah, <laughs> open hardwoods. Yeah, it was, it was actually quite nice. And Eric's like, no, this ain't setting up right. It ain't setting it right. Why? Because there's no freaking wind because Bud's hunting. Yeah, there's no wind, so. <laughs> there's no wind. Eric is all pissed off. and. But I got to the point, I'm like, if it's not going to be, if, if the wind's not going to work out here and it's not windy anywhere, like, yeah. screw it. And this was up. actually, I think this was your plan C spot, wasn't it? Yeah. I think this was like our third spot you stopped at that yeah. day. It's like. But the wind's not cooperate. It's not going to cooperate anywhere. So yeah, because there's no wind. So it's like we're like yeah. And then finally Eric's like, all right, well just set up. So he's climbing the tree. He's halfway up the tree. Eric, there's a deer. Eric, there's a deer. As he's still like trying yeah, to fumble around. It. I'm like Eric, there's a deer. <laughs> he finally stops. Well, I can't hear because there's. All this bark coming off the tree. Yeah. I think, was that the doe? No, the doe we saw beforehand. It was a doe fork. Yeah, I think that was a fork. So then there's this fork. We're sitting there staring at it, and the fork walks off. Like, all right, Eric, you can go back. And I'm kind of posted up. I I found myself a little ground blind area. So I'm like, all right. So now Eric goes back to setting up the stand. Yep. Gets his whole stand set up. Saddle, yeah. Oh, yeah, you were in the saddle. Yeah, we were both in saddle that yep. day. We're touching tips. Yep, touching tips. And then he goes to pull up his bow. Oh, now his It's bow, caught on the one log his now. bow there. rope is stuck on a stick. What The one, it, there's one stick it yep. caught up on. and. So, of course, the good guy, I might go over there and unloop his We really didn't even need my bowl that day. Yeah. Unloop it. Get him to pull up his his bowl. And then I look up. Eric Shooter! Eric Shooter! Well, no, it was... I got my bowl up at this point. It's already up. Was your bowl up at that point? Yeah, it was up. Like... Then why didn't you shoot it? Why didn't I shoot it? Because it wasn't close enough. Is that like 45 yards and you were closer to it? Oh, that's right. Because at this point, I'm by the tree that Eric wanted to be in, which is at 45. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because the tree I was at yeah, and you were, five minutes beforehand was at 35. Yeah, where you made your little bl- where you made your little blind thing or whatever, where you removed the leaves. You were like halfway in between that, my, the tree we picked out, and that spot. 
where if you would have gone back to that spot. I couldn't because I had to like untangle somebody's bow rope. Yeah. So, yeah. And I actually have a visual on this shooter. Bud has a visual on the shooter. The shooter has eyes locked on us. So it's just. One of us. I don't know which one it has. Yeah, I don't know which one it had eyes locked on. Um, I don't, I don't even have the camera gear ready or anything at this point. No, no, but we, we don't even have visual proof of this. But this is where the buck probably got curious because there's a bedding area right on top. Oh, yeah, and you had a fork run through there. We have already had a doe run through there. Mm-hmm. Most likely that doe was hot. Could have been. Because just think about it. We literally had a doe run through there, and then you had a fork in there, and then, you know... Literally, it was like a freaking five-and-a-half-year-old six-pointer. Just all freaking gnarly, yeah, was... just freaking mass all it could be, and yeah. he was a six-pointer. So, so Bud's like, like, he's on the ground. We're all staring at each other. Buck's staring at us. I think I, we already saw All I told Eric was, I'm shooting it. I'm shooting it. Yeah. You know, I'm not even thinking, because well, all he, I saw was horns. He started working broadside. Like, kind of a little bit. Yeah. Because all I'm thinking of, like, I'm going to shoot him. I'm like, that's big enough for me. Mm-hmm. I don't I, think that, Bud realized how big it was. No. I've never, I don't even, probably, I still don't comprehend how big it was. Yeah. Because then I get up in the tree, and Eric's like, I would have shot that fucker. <laughs> yeah. No, he, um, just, yeah, just to give a little breakdown, it was, it was a mature public land deer. It was only a six pointer, but it's the biggest six like I've seen in my life. Like actually getting footage of the deer, it was the mass was very thick. It was outside the ears, like was it was it a a Keystone can base? I don't know if it was a Keystone. It it might have been. Uh, what do you call that? One of those seltzers for the cans a little bit. Oh, White Claw. Yeah, White Claw. White Claw base. might have been a White Claw base. All right. But it, the way it carried its mass throughout the antlers and how far it was. It was outside the ears. That's it all was I way saw. outside all, the all ears. All I saw was like, all I saw was like, it got worse. And the tines. I, the tines were, I don't know, 11, 12 inches on each side. It was... One of the coolest six pointers I've ever seen. Like, um, he was probably on his downgrade. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how, how you explain it. It's, I don't know. It was a good. It was a good deer. Um, probably would have been over two hundred pounds, no doubt. Um, body size was tremendous. Um, I didn't even look at that. Yeah. I was just gonna shoot it. Yeah. Um, but but I, it, I, I was like ten yards from my shot. <laughs> yeah, if you would have been posted up where. You originally were. I think uh, there would have been a shot fired for sure. Yeah. Um, since the camera gear wasn't ready, I had my bow in handing. It could, if Bud shot and we needed a follow-up shot right away, I was going to start flinging arrows. Like, I wasn't concerned about camera gear at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that was... And we weren't even set up till 8.30 or something like that. Yeah, it was super late. I'm like, dude, by the time we were set up, I'm like... I, I plan on like getting yeah, down. I plan on getting down at this time to go head home. I know we sat for an hour and a half. 
I don't think we had anything else come through that morning. No, that was the last deer we saw. Yeah, but, I mean, for your last day, that was, I mean, that was your first inner encounter with a shooter all year. Right? Defend a shooter. Like, I meant shoot, <laughs> like shooter buck. Like, good buck. Yeah. Like, mature buck. That might have been your first encounter, like, with a bow. No, you had one last year up on Big Fuck Ridge or whatever. Yeah. Big Fuck Ridge, yeah. That, that dolph screwed me. Yeah. You get closer. It's just yeah. we're, we're gonna have it work out. In, in two, in probably like two or three years, I'll finally shoot one. Yeah, but it'll be all worth it once it happens. I it almost happened this lot. That I, if we would have been set up in that tree, like on time, I think it would have happened that morning because he was working. He came over that ridge. He was working perfect. But what he came all the way down. I think he was gonna work that scrape. That's There's a lot it. of scrapes in that saddle. I don't know. I think it's, he would have. You just never know. This is the whole thing. It's like, what do we learn now? What uh, do we I learn from that hunt, Eric? What I learned from that hunt? There's a lot of things that I learned from <laughs> that hunt, to be quite honest. Um, when there's no wind. You're just fucked. <laughs> no. I'd say just set up, and you're going to need some things to work out in your favor. Um, when there's no wind, um, and, and honestly, after the day winds picked up, it, the wind was working out perfectly. However, the meteorologists were wrong all week with what the wind was doing, and that was the first time they were right all week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess another thing is like when you're in a situation of having no wind, like if the terrain's there, hunt the terrain. The train set up perfect. Yeah. And I, and I knew that area too. Um, it made sense for being a good travel corridor. And uh, yeah, uh, and, and that's the only like real saddle pinch point. And I didn't realize it, but there's cornfields on both sides of that. And I think that cornfield got cut pretty recently um, after doing some like secondhand scouting. Um, so yeah, that that spot set up really good, especially with the bedding on top, both those ridges. So I guess this is another thing that I struggle with is, you know, when to be, you, you just gotta be decisive. Just go with it if you don't have any other options. Yeah. On that t- sort of time frame. Well, and I guess that is probably like our biggest downfall is, uh, just go with it and throw a sit at it or bail out and scout. Yeah. Because there's a lot of times that we just bail out and we scout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think sometimes, you know, we got to remember that these animals are just deer. They're not freaking PhDs. Albert Einstein. Yeah. Um, and, and some, I mean, yeah, just go with it i mean if it happens it happens if it doesn't it don't especially when you're running out of time like that i mean you had till 10 we had to pick a spot just to freaking set up i mean the window was going to be questionable wherever we went and i guess on those calm days sometimes you just gotta let it ride no um 
I, I, I think as a hunter, you just like to be in control all the time. Try to be the the deer. The deer, deer live, and mother nature don't let you be in control yeah. all the time. They live. They live because they live. Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. They know sense? how to survive. They live because yeah. they know how to survive. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, I guess that was pretty much the prerequisite. I mean. I have more encounters like that. Just nothing else sticks out, I guess. I think that pretty much ran into the gun season. Yeah, I, I had another week off and had one more encounter with a shooter. Was, I took kind of that third week off in November, I'd say. The week before gun season and the hunting was tough. A lot of deer locked down with those. Not a lot of movement. Uh, ended up uh, the best stuff I found was in the thickest property I could choose to hunt. It was thick, nasty. Deer were there. Had the one shooter come through, and I don't know. Getting to lockdown, I wanted to start hunting smaller woodlots because that's where mature bucks tend to push does. And ended up finding a really good looking woodlot that had a lot of sign, fresh sign. And uh, I guess that's kind of where I, I, I was mentally strong the entire year. And two days before gun season, when I saw this chunk of MFL that was just lit up with sign and uh, illegally leased, um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of just was done with that part of the season because I was very frustrated with them illegally parking and then M- MFL they were double dipping basically so they released them out privately and they were also um, collecting uh, tax breaks from the government which is kind of frustrating so um, we just reported it to the DNR and I'm sure they'll do some sort of investigation to figure to figure out what what the landowner's doing can't be double dipping like that. That's unethical. Because I drove an hour to that spot specifically for this time period. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Outdoor Panel Podcast. Um, really fun episode to record in Bud's basement over a, a fire and a couple cocktails. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the listen. Um, so next week we're going to be talking about our adventures of gun season. So looking forward to hearing or having you folks listen to uh, next week's podcast. Thanks.